My name is Jenny Hinchcliffe, and this is Senders Receive, a podcast about mail, art, and the people who make it happen. Broadcasting from beautiful San Francisco while bringing you stories and experiences of postal moderns and mail art mavens. Let's go ahead and bring on the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Senders Receive. My name is Jenny Hinchcliffe, and I'm here today with Amber Wolf. I'm really excited to be chatting with Amber. Amber and I have been friends and correspondents for, I would say, a few years now. Amber is a collage artist, artist stamp maker, and she is currently the showrunner for the Portland Correspondents Co-op. She recently completed a cross-country train trip via Amtrak, sending out mail art at whistle stops along the way. And I'm hoping that maybe she'll share some of her adventures with us in today's interview. I'm always inspired to talk mail art with Amber, and I know that you will feel the same. So welcome, Amber. Thanks, Jenny. I'm excited to be here. Hey, so you and I have corresponded. Um, I was hoping that you could tell Senders Receive listeners a little bit about how it started with mail. I'd be happy to. Um, I think really it just started with having pen pals in my youth. Um, I had a couple of friends who ended up moving away and that became our primary communication channel. And so it just sort of started with decorating envelopes and making it funner for them to receive something. Um, And then as I got a little older and like met strangers in AOL chat rooms, then I'd send more (laughs) elaborate packages and things to them. Um, but yeah, it's it, for me very much been like a, a way that I have cultivated relationships. So it all began with it with just decorating letters for my pen pals. Did you write letters home from like camp and stuff? Um, no, I don't think I did. I ever go to camp? I don't think <laughs> I did. Sometimes that's like the gateway <laughs> for people. They're like, I wrote letters home to my parents from camp. Do you, do you have a first memorable, like, letter or postcard that you sent? Well, I think my early memory is just what sort of the earliest memory of just receiving mail and the great joy it, it gave me was in elementary school. We had little envelope mailboxes in the hallway, and my friend was like, let's go check our mailboxes, and I had no reason to really think that there would be anything, but she, of course, had left me something, like it was a deliberate, like, see what I, so that, that was just so exciting, and then um, with, yeah, so that sort of just made my original interest in mail kind of, that spark was there from that moment, but as far as, like, early I mean I don't even I didn't even really have any concept that the male art world existed right this was just like Mm. my creative outlet and a way for me to maintain relationships and stay in touch with people and it always just seemed a little funner than a plain white envelope for cool things to be on it so really like as far as beginnings of male art in a more formal sense was my coming across the male art book exhibit that you did. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of my, the objects in that. Um, I actually, 
was taking pictures of the return addresses. Like, these are clearly my people. So much of what I sent up, certainly my pen pals would respond, and certainly some of those things would be really cool to, you know, and also be decorated. But I got really used to not having much in the way of acknowledgement or reciprocation mm. in anything that I sent out. Um, and that, that comes to um, kind of my bigger projects down the road, which I think we'll end up getting to. This idea that like people were doing this on purpose and that there was like a whole movement was kind of new and very exciting. Although I never was brave enough to just randomly send to somebody with those return addresses I took pictures of. Although, frankly, I think I'm, I'm now a correspondent with a couple of them, which is kind of funny. I mean, it's, it's really interesting that you say that because I hear that a lot from people where, you know, they, they, you know, they make mail, they create really beautiful things, and they send them to people, but then they don't ever, you know, like, it, they never get an acknowledgement, and they ask, yeah. what can I be doing differently? And, you know, I think... I think it's exactly like you said, you know, you have to fall in with the other male artists. So talking with someone just the other day, you know, they said, I always would my, you know, like my nieces or my like kids and I would never, you know, or my next door neighbor, but I would never get anything back. And it's like, (laughs) those people appreciate. Yeah, they didn't exactly exactly know. know. Yeah, they didn't, they appreciated and did. I've always said that one of my highest honors, um, I've always said one of my highest honors was when I would enter a loved one's house and see Uh my, whatever I'd sent them, like, on the fridge. (laughs) Like, highest honor. It is. Because for all I know, they're throwing it away, right? It's just going straight (laughs) to the garbage. There is a Zen art practice kind of behind this because you really have to let it go. And you have to be okay with that. Yeah, but I do want to backtrack just yeah. one step because yeah. I didn't dig into um, like my first project. I mean, I talked about the exhibit being kind of an introduction, but um, another kind of aha moment that there were things like this going on is um, in the fl- in the days of Flickr, I had a mutual on there who posted about an art exhibit that was coming up, and it was called the the Postal Collage Project, which. Um, Marty McCutcheon puts together an artist in Berkeley and then you know I had participated in that for a few years and then as you know but the audience may not then you and I ended up that was kind of the beginning of our friendship was was participating in that together Um, but when I first saw the announcement for that I was like wow post postal and collage like these are my things I should go to this exhibit and so it was at Ramon's Taylor in downtown San Francisco and this little, I mean, this space, I don't know if you've been to it, but it's like, I don't know, 10 feet by 10 feet in a basement. In, yeah. <laughs> in, um, and I was just over the moon. Um, and so I'm like, how do I participate in this? So I signed some mailing list. And then the next year when he started the project up again, um, I signed up. So that was kind of my first not just sending it to my loved ones and, you know, friends yeah. and family and whatnot. It was like my first time <clears throat> really thinking about it as an art project and working with others on it. Um, so just to talk a little bit about that project, it's work, work groups of five and each individual starts a collage and then they mail it 
to the next person. So each of the five collages get contributed to by all five artists. Um, so that's also very much as an art practice because yeah. you, you really yeah. have no idea what's going to happen to your piece. Do you know, is Marty still doing that project? He was doing it yearly. Yes, and, and it is in session this year, which I think is year eight or nine, probably nine. And it's grown. It's, I mean, I think there's close to 100 contributors now. So the first year, the first few years that I participated, I just had him assign me groups. So the year that you and I worked on it together was the mm -hmm. first time that I tried to create groups. And that was, a, that was very successful. I not only worked with you and our, our group, but I had a second group running that year too. You were busy. You were doing a lot of collage <laughs> that season. <laughs> Indeed. Have you always worked in collage? Yeah. And I don't even know where it came from. I think, I mean, it, I think a lot of it is just that I work with what's in front of me. So mm. I've never been particularly skilled at like drawing or painting. Um, and so if I'm going to create, it means I have to use something else. So yeah, it just started like magazines being in the house and grew from there. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about your studio practice? Yes, definitely. <clears throat> um, I guess similar to what I said a moment ago, it tends to be that I'm inspired by some new material that I've stumbled upon, whether it be ephemera or a new typewriter or mm. like <laughs> learning a new skill. Like I took a lot of bookmaking classes this year. So I was doing small artist books, which was new for me. So it tends to be very inspiration driven of like what's in front of me or what I've found if I'm out like gleaning. Yeah, that's, that's, that tends to be what guides my work. But really my motivation behind it is, is connection. It's like letting people that I care about know that I'm thinking about them and that um, that I think that's where the fire comes from of like just wanting to do things and put things in the mail is just letting people know like you are on my mind and I care about you. Have you, here's a question, have you met any of the people that you correspond with? Um, I have some pen pals who are, are, you know, I connected to them through some internet channel or another, so I've not met them in real life. However, most of my postal art pals, well now, you know, times have changed in this last year with COVID, but um, most of my postal art pals I actually lit physically met at the Portland Correspondence Co-op. Okay. Yeah, there's certainly, um, and I know we'll end up, I imagine we'll talk about this in more detail, but um, with the way the correspondence co-op functions now is that it, because of COVID, like everything is digital sign up. So now it's the case mm -hmm. that I've exchanged art with a lot of different people, but it tends to be m more art and less letter writing, which not to say you can't get a sense of somebody from the way they create, um, but I do find I have a better picture of people who I letter write with than that I exchange mail art with. Interesting. Yes, because you can sort of hide behind a visual art persona, but it, sometimes it's harder, I think, to hide behind it. So that leads me to ask you about the recent crossing of the United States via Amtrak. This is a project that I, I love so much, and I'd love it if you could take a minute to 
explain what the project was and how the idea came about? Um, well, this, I think to kind of really understand the project, we'll go back in time uh, again for some of my motivation um, for male art. Oftentimes my male art, when it was less about decorating envelopes and it was just literally about the pieces, um, always were connected to travel. Like one of my favorite things when I'm traveling is to, you know, find if it's a foreign country and I don't have my own stamps in my bag, like find the post office. If it's a US country, like find the closest mailbox. Um, I oftentimes created my own photo postcards when I was traveling. And so I had to find the photo lab and find a place to like, not only did I need to get an image I was excited about while I was on the trip, then it's like, where's the photo lab? Which is getting harder these days, but it used to be that they were just, especially if you were in anywhere a little bit touristy, you'd find them. Um, so I would, it was like one of the, always a thing to do on my travel was find the photo lab, find the post office. Um, mm. Or if it wasn't that I was making a photo postcard, it was making a collaged postcard from ephemera from the trip. Um, so a huge amount of my work has come from when I'm traveling. It's like if I've gone on a trip without mailing something out, it feels like a, a failed trip in some sense. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of the heart of what, of what motivates me. Um, so this year, uh, you know, with, with the pandemic happening, um, and being in isolation and lockdown, I live alone with my two cats, but they're not always great company. So, um, I've been getting super restless and I had a childhood friend who was continuously inviting me to go see her. And eventually I caved, even though I was quite nervous about traveling. And so I spent a little more than a month in the Catskills in upstate New York. And um, my worst fear came true that COVID spiked while I was out there. And while they didn't shut down travel, I was already pretty uncomfortable with the travel conditions on my way out there. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was lamenting this to a colleague and she recommended, she's like, you know, uh, have you considered taking Amtrak because they have private sleeper rooms so you can remain isolated from the other travelers. And coincidentally, my friend, when I arrived, had gifted me this like amazing 1980s portable typewriter, <laughs> which oh, wow. I was not expecting. Oh. But I'm like, wait a second four days on a train with my new typewriter, okay, and I can be isolated from travelers, sign me up. So, so that was kind of a, a done deal. And I have done long train trips, but it was not since I was young. Um, but I had, they were highly romanticized, like in my world, this is the way to travel. So when I, that was all, I booked my, my, my ticket and didn't really think a lot of it, but I did spend a lot of time making postcards while I was out there, just trying out. I brought no art supplies with me, which is out of the ordinary. Mm -hmm. um, so it really was like, what is here or what can I get? So like we hit the flea market and I got some ephemera there. A lot of it was just making stamps out of anything, like weird textured things that were mm -hmm. around her house and 
So I had made all these postcards and then I started studying the, the Amtrak schedule and realized that some of the cities had stops that were like 20 or 30 minutes long. And, um, and I, so I wondered like, am I, I had no real idea of what was gonna happen on the train, but I knew that the trains were stopping for 20 to 30 minutes. So I used, you know, USPS find a location and tried to scope out the closest mailbox to every stop that was long, quote unquote. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> so I had plotted out the stops that I would be able to mail from. And then while I was on the train, I did type up part of the postcard, like the backside of the postcard with the this recipient's address and the city that I was leaving from and the date. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I don't know if you're familiar with this is very much inspired by uh, Ankawara's projects, both the um, I'm Still Alive telegrams oh. and the yeah, yeah. I Got Up at postcards. So, um, yeah, so that was kind of like, I've always loved the concepts behind his work. So this seemed like a really good opportunity to kind of make use of that idea or some of those ideas. So... I had everything plotted out and spent quite, quite a good amount of time planning for it. And then um, the night of my first stop, I, I've got everything, got the postcards typed up. We get to the stop and I go to get off the train and like my train door is not open. Oh no. So I have to, <laughs> I start moving towards the front of the train going through other cars and like none of the doors are open. And finally I get to a car and run into another car attendant and tell him I'm trying to get off. Yeah. And he's, he basically sends me back to my car telling me that my, my, my person, sh my attendant should be helping me. So there was just confusion because he thought I was like, this was my stop. And so, oh. and not that like, I didn't make it clear. Like, I just want to get out and take a walk and uh -huh. I'll be back. And so... I got back and it, it just like all of the confusion around it just first off made me a little bit nervous, but also mm. um, I, you know, I had very little time left. And if I don't get back in time, I miss my <laughs> ride home. Right. <laughs> so it ended up being like kind of stressful, but it was pretty, it was still really fun. So one of the time, one of the stops, the post, the blue box is supposedly in the, in the station but it was a sh like 15 minute stop and there somebody gives me bad directions. So I'm like running around to this room. Cause again, I have to get back to my train <laughs> right. at the end of the day. <laughs> right. Otherwise that typewriter is on its way back to the West coast without, <laughs> without me. Yeah. So one of the stops I had, there were two stops in Montana that were one was like 25 minutes and one was 10 and the 25 minute stop had a post office like right mm. by it but unbeknownst to me there was a stop we had to fuel up there so there was like a lot of our pause time we couldn't get off the train so when we arrived in Havre Montana like I didn't have enough time anymore and so I actually asked one of the Amtrak like I asked the Amtrak guy uh -huh. who worked at that <laughs> station if he dropped them off for me so I had no idea if those were ever going to make it in the mail um, another stop the the post office looked super close and supposedly was like a six minute walk from the train but when you get there you know you're under freeways and there's no sidewalks and yeah. things that I don't consider being a city person of like what rural America <laughs> looks like 
So I wondered, like, is Lyft in this town? And so I called a Lyft to drive me the, like, <laughs> two minutes to the post office and back to the train. So anyway, the idea was that uh, I, I dropped postcards in every stop that, I, that was seemed feasible. And I think there were two cities that I missed because of various, one was because it was just the middle of the night and I didn't actually wake up. So then I would just send them in the next city. And how many postcards did you send overall as you were making your way from East Coast to West Coast? I believe there were eight stops in total for the four days. So, um, I mean, stops is relative. I sent one from my starting point and my ending point mm -hmm. and then six stops along the way. And then there were four recipients in total. So... You sent a total of about 32 postcards. Yep, on my four days of train time. <laughs> and do you know if they all made, the postcards all made it to their intended recipients? Yes, um, I have a complete set scanned um, <laughs> nice. from our mutual friend, yeah. And then I had intended, uh -huh. my another friend, I had intended to scan them from her and forgot. Mm -hmm. Like she has them and she has a scanner, but she, I'll, I'll, she doesn't want to do the work, which is fine. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I will scan that complete set at some point. Do you photograph your work as you, or you send it out? Often, but not always. Yeah, and I was, I was even less good about it, you know, in the early days when it was more like yeah. one-offs to people. Um, it was more once I started getting a little bit more connected with the male art community and doing bigger projects and, mm. um, yeah, that I would end up photographing them. Although I do remember noticing or you sharing that you oftentimes, if not always, include yourself in an addition and send stuff mm. back to yourself. Mm -hmm. And I've considered that a lot, but I've never actually implemented that practice. Yeah, I do. Because I figure, eh, if I'm going to make an addition, why not just add one more so that I can remember? <laughs> yeah. Occasionally I'll do things I'm really excited about and drop them, and it'll be a one-off, and I yeah. and drop it in the mail, and then I forget. So oftentimes I'll ask that person to send me a picture. And then, frankly, those I even cherish those. Uh, much of my love of mail is love of the post office, and... Mm. Mm -hmm. I really, like, their contribution means a lot to me. Like, I really do feel like that's a critical element of male art. Like, I want the postmark. I want the cancellation, you know. I want the barcode. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and so I, I do kind of like, I, I, it's a treat when I get to see things after they've arrived and see the post office contribution. Yeah. So here's a question. How do you feel? These are, it's hotly contested. I mean, how do you feel about those black <laughs> Sharpie pen cancels? love or hate oh it's so heartbreaking <laughs> I, you think do you love them i do love i will i did love sally's artist stamp collection oh, no. of like the collection <laughs> of all the shirts it was so funny so clever that was a yeah. great set um but yeah i mean i just the the stripy lines are they they just are so iconic oh, some people just the it waves. infuriates them it infuriates them to have those sharpies but, yeah. you know, Do you I, love them? Are you on that side? I I love them because I feel like it is a post office contribution. Like it's it's clearly the yeah. hand of someone. It's not a machine cancel. So 
I love them. For <laughs> I appreciate that added perspective. So right now you're the showrunner. You're sort of keeping all the people together. I was hoping you would talk a little bit about about the co-op, what the Portland co-op is and what they do. And then um, it's like what your members are doing, what you guys are up to. I am new-ish to Portland. I moved out here in late 2018. And um, I, I think literally the weekend that I moved here, um, one of the first things that I did was went to the IPRC or the Independent Publishers Resource Center because I was here. My printmaker friend joined me on my move up here. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went there to kind of check it out and see what they were about. And there was a flyer for the Portland Correspondence Co-op. I was like, oh, clearly these are my people. So I showed up the next month, which would have been December, so the end of 2018. And I walk in and at the back of the space, there are, I don't know, more than a dozen typewriters set out. Um, and there are just people kind of all over at tables. And they, I, I figured out later, I wasn't clear what was going on at the time, but they, they have passports that they issue to everyone. Um, or to, you know, to new members. And then it gives people the opportunity to exchange their artist stamps, which is just a very nice way to socialize, right? And to kind of get to know other folks with doing stamp trading. And then my, well, I don't know if it's my favorite part because I really love the typewriter bar. <laughs> but <laughs> one of my other what? favorite can I, parts. Can I interrupt oh. for just a second? Yeah. Be- for listeners who may not know, can you explain or what artist stamps are oh sure it is I guess there's a variety of names poster poster stamps faux postage Um, but the idea is that it's following the format of a postage stamp which I already believe wholeheartedly are nice lovely tiny pieces of art and so it's little tiny pieces of art that are mimicking postage stamps and so at the Portland Correspondence Co-op you guys have passports and people, like one of the sort of social activities is swapping the stamps that members have made? Correct. Or guests. Okay. I always wonder how many, if people all identify as members. I think some mm. people certainly do. Um, but there were guests as well. Um, and sometimes the artists, you know, as you know, as a male artist, we also Many of us are also fans of rubber stamps, so that oftentimes gets incorporated, which I equate to the cancellation or the postmark, mm, right. where maybe they've put down a stamp, but then also they stamp their name or mm-hmm. Instagram handle or date or something across it. And then tell us more about the typewriter bar. So each month they would announce a theme, and this was usually through Facebook events. So whether it be an era or it be a brand um, or sometimes it's like fancy typewriters. So it's all the ones with italics, the mm. cursive or mm-hmm. colored ribbon in it. Or, um, and then members would bring their relevant typewriters. Portland has got a very robust typewriter community. <laughs> um, we also still have a typewriter repair shop called Ace Typewriter, which I wonder if that's part of why it's so, I don't know. I don't know where all the typewriter lovers come from. <laughs> but usually, usually Matt from Ace Typewriter usually comes to the meetings too and geeks out about typewriters, which is always <laughs> a delight. 
Yeah, so then we always had a sign up for a mail art exchange and it was a literal piece of paper, eight and a half by 11, and you would write your name and address and at the end of the night, however many people were on the sheet, that's how many photocopies were made and they handed the list to all of those individuals and like that was the mail art exchange each month. And there was usually a theme, well not, there was always a theme and I think they just kind of, the organizers just kind of pulled it out of the air. So there was limitations in that you physically had to be there to sign up. Um, and also there was some element of just being able to, you know, sometimes the page would fill up and then like, do you want to write on the back? Does it mean that it's full? So there was just interesting, um, whether intentional or not, of limitations. And so are you, are you still continuing that exchange and swap now? Because you guys aren't meeting yeah. in person. There are no women. That's right. So yeah. then so how we... do you manage? <laughs> how do you manage the mail swap <laughs> now? <laughs> so um, when it became, when Oregon went into state of emergency and shelter in place and all of that stuff back in March, um, I think it was right before, like we would have had a meeting the following week, I think. Um, mm. And so people were on the Facebook event sort of lamenting this. And I thought, you know, well, if we can't meet in person, like more than ever, we need to have the mail art exchange. And so I just in in comments was like, hey, is anybody, are you all still interested in doing this? And we can just do an electronic sign up. And so people were game. And so I, I became the de facto organizer just because it was something that was important to me and it felt like in in pandemic times it was more important than ever for us to stay connected and like again back to even the beginning of this conversation the joy that I experience when I get good mail I assume that everybody feels that way so like we need to give that to each other. I was gonna say I think that the model that you have established or making that mail art like swap and exchange and communication happen is a really good one you know and it's it's something that you know other organizers and listeners could easily do themselves online to you know you you set up the logistics of it online but you know the physicality of it still takes place which I think is yeah I totally agree and I think thanks to Google, you know, you can create a Google form with almost no effort. Yeah. Um, So one of the complications that I had is that our group is super analog focused. So it was actually really hard to find people and get in touch with them. And at some point I did reach out to founder Nico and I was like, hey, do you have a mailing list? And he's like, I do. Do you want it? And it's literally everybody's mailing address that have given Mm him their mailing address (laughs) (laughs) right 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 so I you know I would post it on the Facebook group the time I didn't even know who I was messaging (laughs) I do now but anyway um so I just asked them to post it to the group page um at the time there's like there's also a typewriter pdx typewriter Mm -hmm. typewriter pdx um Mm -hmm. so they're very closely tied so I'd usually also post it in their group and then at some point we host our event at the IPRC and Mm -hmm. um, the IPRC team asked if they could repost it 
And then, you know, I have also asked the San Francisco Correspondence Co-op to post it sometimes, and then the person who runs the Portland Correspondence Co-op Instagram. So it's ended up being that it, it's gotten out to a lot more folks, but yeah. what's exciting in that is that that barrier of like physically being there has, has disappeared. And we've had a couple of international folks, mostly it's the oh, US wow. though, um, but from all over the country. So I've got to correspond with people I would have never otherwise met, I'm assuming. Um, and I similarly think some of them have become regulars. You know, there's some folks yeah. in Alaska who sign up every month. And like, <laughs> I half wonder if they also are like, oh my gosh, there's a whole male art community we can connect to, right. you know? So they're, <laughs> they've been really prolific and made some cool stuff. And so this is a question, you know, that I get asked in regards to San Francisco correspondence go up. Do you think that, you know, once we are all able to meet in person again, are there components you know, like, will you still do the mail art sign up? Will you still do a swap? And that we're still yeah, it's a good question. Um, I have no real qualms. Like, I imagine if the if there's still people that sign up, there's no reason that we couldn't keep that up. You know, and then yeah. also the people who show up physically in the meeting. If we're going to continue mm-hmm. that, then they could also sign up. So I haven't really thought about it. You no, know, we're still I feel like we're still working it out. Well, and the, you know, the San Francisco Correspondence Co-op monthly meetings, I have attended periodically, and you all have been generous enough to invite the Portland crew, Um, and you may or may not have noticed, there were, there were, you know, only a couple people that that came, Um, and I think that just kind of goes back to a really, it is a, it is an analog-focused group, and I have tried to host one Mm -hmm. Zoom meeting, um, or online meeting, and there were a few of us that showed up and I'm really glad that I did it because I reconnected with one of the members who has been somebody I've missed and not been able to, like I didn't have her email address and I only, anyway, so it was, it was, it was a good, I'm glad that some folks showed up, but it was, it was small and it was probably, I don't imagine I will keep doing that. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's just something about meeting in person. It's, it's it's been a learning curve. (laughs) Well, do you have any, uh, interesting upcoming projects that you're working on the horizon, Postal? Yeah, I mean, I have some personal projects that I've been mulling over for a while, probably none that are at a phase that are to talk about them. Um, but I will say, I one of the things, you know, with the, the Portland uh, Correspondence Mail Art Exchange, essentially you sign up, everybody creates um, something for everybody on the list. Um, and that's been pretty direct. But a couple of months ago, um, I did get comments from some folks that they were really missing that passport element and the artist stamp element. So um, mm-hmm. I, I, for one of the swaps, I arranged a artist stamp exchange. So I had everybody send their stamps to me and then I put them into mm-hmm. sets and then returned them out to everybody. And that was a, um, 
a wild success. I mean, the things yeah. that I, the stamps that I got were amazing. And then also people's response was just really great. So um, it was a lot of work, but I will probably do that again in the summer. So I've been trying to con I've been trying to think like, what else can we do besides here's your mailing list and out X number of pieces. Um, so I actually think I'm going to, for this month, follow in the collaborative collage footsteps that you and I are familiar with and take some mm. inspiration from Marty's project um, and probably do smaller working groups. Um, so oh, I see. I'm gonna give that a go this month, but I'm really excited about it because again, it feels a little, I, I, like the, I think that's going to make people feel a little more connected than even what we're doing now with just sending stuff out without recipients. I mean, everyone's reciprocating, but they're not responding, if that makes sense. Right. right, exactly. But when you're, like, in a group, you're round-robin passing thing, takes it up <laughs> another level. Like, it's far more interactive. Yeah. So I don't know if the people are going to be into it, but I guess I'm going <laughs> to find out in a couple of weeks. You will. <laughs> I love that idea. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Um, there are some months that I don't even participate in the swap. I'm only doing the organizing, but even that I find really fulfilling. And just, it's very nice to know we're all doing our best to keep each other afloat. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> well, how can folks see you or see your work online? My online presence is semi-limited. Um, mm -hmm. I, I am on Instagram. My mm -hmm. handle on there is chipmunky. Um, my account is private, but it's just because there's so many weird people that add you on Instagram. So if you, if you find <laughs> me, you're welcome to add me. It's not because I'm a particularly private person. It's just more that I don't like strangers looking at my stuff that I'm not, have not vetted in some way. So yeah. feel free to add me if there's something obvious in your profile. Is, is there anything else you want to tell the listeners out there? Really, just keep on keep on making mail art. As the, the one of the sayings of the Portland Correspondence Co-op is, "Meet, make mail." Yeah, that's you guys have a great tagline. And you said that um, Portland Correspondence Co-op they have an Instagram, right? They do, and they have Facebook. Um, but yeah, both Instagram and Facebook, you'll find the Portland Correspondence Co-op or PDXCC. We've been going for nearly an hour here, so I'm gonna go ahead and uh, thank you so, so, so much for taking the time to tell me more about all the great things you've been working on. It's always really a pleasure and a delight. I always feel so honored <laughs> whenever I receive one of your lovely, lovely things. So thank well, you so much. I, I and thank you for all you do. I mean, frankly, I feel like my, my male art life would be very, it would be in a different place had I not met you and many of the, the folks that you have inadvertently connected me to or sometimes on purpose. But yeah, it's really, it's really expanded my world quite a bit. The listeners can't see this, but I'm blushing. <laughs> You're so kind. <laughs> I do it, I can. Well, we'll talk again because I know I'll want to catch up with you again and I know listeners will want to hear what you've been up to. So until next time, see you in the mail. Senders Receive is recorded, edited, and hosted by Jenny Hinchcliffe with many, many thanks to the contributors, artists, and interview subjects of Senders Receive. Our intro-outro music is by Kitsa and used as per the artist's Creative Commons terms. Additional info can be found in the show notes. 
If you're a mail artist or postal modern interested in being interviewed for Senders Receive, I invite you to send an email to sendersreceivepodcast at gmail.com. Keep current on new episodes at our Instagram account, at sendersreceivepodcast. That's all for now, and thanks for listening.